This is the Podswoggle Network, but you didn't hear that from us. Welcome to Pod Swoggle Wrestling Podcast with Entertainment. I'm your host, Mullet, and we have a very special show for you today because along with the entire Swoggle Squad here with me, we have a very special guest. Let's do our normal roll call in Chicago, Illinois, is Rich. You guys, I'm, I'm really having a tough time. I'm really ashamed, and Seth has been really taking the brunt of this for me, but that picture was mine, you guys. That was me. <laughs> Oh, Augie has no idea what you're talking about, probably, do you, Augie? <laughs> Not a damn clue. Are we just, we're, we're in WWE right now, right? Is that what yeah. I'll give you the Spark Notes version. Uh, Seth Rollins had a, a nude photo leaked of him after uh, a photo of an NXT diva on his phone came out. It was from his fiance, who is basically pissed that all this is happening, and it was a big thing on Raw last night. Which NXT diva? Uh, she hasn't been... <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't been. Uh, she hasn't been on television yet. But which one were you hoping it was? Uh, I mean, I don't know. For Tope's sake, nah, not Carmella is not pretty. Nah, not really Carmella. Anybody but but uh, Flair's daughter. <laughs> well, you shots know. fired. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Look, she's an awesome wrestler, but I mean, God, just a you know, whatever. Her back right, is so big. Uh, in Nashville is when. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually being gone by Augie tonight because my belly is full of Lydia Caesar's deep dish pizza. Oh. So, ready to go. Fucking Weight Watchers diet killing me. <laughs> yeah, that really affected the pack of Fig Newtons you ate while you were here. Uh, I'm still, I think I'm still shitting them out. <laughs> In New York, it's Tope. Uh, went to the dentist today, and I have a whole new level of respect for Kane. I <laughs> really <laughs> respect everything that he does as a wrestler, as a person. It's a hard job. I was going to say, I have a hole. And I was like, yeah, it's your mouth, Tope. <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to have it. It's okay. Sasha, uh, thanks. That's what I meant to say earlier. Okay. Jesus. For Tope's sake. But that, Tope doesn't remember that he sent that to us, Augie. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's the Swoggle Squad. But we have a very special guest on the show today. He is a professional wrestling referee. Uh, he's worked at many different companies. He's worked for OVW. He's worked for TNA. He's worked for NXT, if I'm not mistaken. He is Chris Sharp, but we know him as Package. Package, what's going on? Yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. Of course, man, absolutely. Now, uh, let's get right into it, because when we got you on the line, uh, you know, I was, there's always the awkwardness when we have guests on of me saying, oh, yeah, my name's Chris, but everyone calls me Mullet because it's my last name. And you just came right out of the gate and said, well, that's cool, because no one calls me Chris either. Everyone calls me Package. Uh, I think we would all like to know why. And we would feel better uh, not being awkwardly <laughs> calling another man package if he told us the story. <laughs> man, I've had so many like fake stories over the year to try to make myself seem cool as to why I got that name. It's like what but... CM stands for in CM Punk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no real like actual cool, cool reason. But when I started wrestling or when I started training years ago, uh, I guess uh, Lex Luger, everybody just kept calling him package. And my buddies just thought that was the funniest thing. And uh, – Obviously, I'm a ref. You know, I was feel like I was always destined to be a ref. I was never some big giant jack dude. But to them, it was hilarious to always call me package, as if 
I don't know, I guess I look like that or something. So they would have me go into a restaurant and I'd be all dressed up in a suit with like a Bluetooth earpiece, be like the package acquires accommodations for four and just stupid shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and just for whatever reason, it always stuck. And then uh, it ended up, I mean, it ended up helping me out really because there's a ton of people named Chris, but I guess not that many people in wrestling are named Package, so... So it's just she, it's just you and Lex. Is it? Do they call? Yeah. Is it? Is it just package or is it the package? It's both. It's both. Oh, uh, like, mostly my like, friends, the like the machine. Yeah, my friends call me just package. Uh, buddy, I've had wrestling shows like uh, commentators and stuff refer to me the the referee, the package, Chris Sharp. <laughs> so they make it like more so like a uh, a nickname as opposed to the name. See, I like it as the name better because it's just it gives you. I don't know it's more powerful. I guess you're the only one. See, if ref- you say the package, like you're the package. Yeah. And see, referees don't really get it recognition on tv with uh you know saying their names or anything anyway so every now and then when the announcer says that's the referee of the package i can only imagine what the fans are thinking <laughs> well they're probably making the narrative in their mind of what it's I, from i just saw the package in the locker room Ew. exactly it's it will, again we saw a lot of that stuff online last night with the whole rollins thing it's just like every post uh-huh. like yeah i get it you know dick puns <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous but um so yeah so we're gonna uh if you if you listen to the show before um with some of our other reviews ask uh, ask package a few questions shoot the shit normal swoggle squad stuff and of course we're gonna wrap up with one of our classic swoggle squad games i'm looking forward to uh but just to get it kicked off i mean i already asked uh, a question about um kind of your name and your kind of that origin but just very uh briefly if you want to kind of go over uh your history and what got you into the business and how long you've been rocking and rolling sure man um i guess i've been doing this mm, about nine years now yeah something like that nine years i uh my family my grandma actually went to high school with dave and earl hebner and was really good friends with them so they used to have wrestling shows in virginia and north carolina and shit like that Uh, like every Friday night back when it was just sold out week after week after week and they would always need help in concessions and stuff like that so my family was very involved and growing up we didn't have like you know we didn't have a whole lot of you know toys and shit like that but the Hebners were cool as fuck to us they would always give us you know Wrestlemania VHS tapes or magazines or a couple action figures or whatever so wrestling was kind of all I knew and I guess I never really grew out of it and when it came time for me to turn, you know, 16 and I could start training and uh, 18 and I could actually, you know, I guess legally do shows in certain states, I kind of knew that just looking the way I do, I don't know if you guys know what I look like, but I'm just an average looking dude. I was never really going to make it, but so far as a wrestler. So it kind of fit that we knew the Hebners because I ended up falling into place as a ref. And here I am nine years later, living in Florida and traveling all over the world doing this shit. That's that is the uh, if you don't mind me borrowing a phrase from Kevin Nash, the vanilla midget dream is yeah. <laughs> is, is doing right. that. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you did you ever wrestle? And if you did, like, what were your what was your gimmick or your names or anything like that? Uh, it was the package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wrestled for like four years on the East Coast. I'm originally from Virginia, obviously where the Hebners are from. And I did some stuff on the indies for like maybe three or four years. And I would just take bookings as whatever I could, a manager, a bag boy, you know what I mean? The music guy, the wrestler, uh, the ref, whatever. And I wasn't very good at it. And then after a little while, I said, you know what? I you know, kind of want to take it seriously. So I moved to Kentucky. 
shortly after high school, saved up a little bit of money doing, you know, waiting tables and shit like that. And I moved to OVW. And I said, if I'm going to be around all these guys that are like six foot five and 300 pounds, might as well just kind of stick to being a ref. But I still took all the classes as a wrestler. And to be honest, like, you know, nobody really. I guess some people want to put themselves over. That's not my intention. But I did become kind of one of Rip Rogers' boys. And I was actually, as a ref uh, in the training classes, able to help teach the wrestling to people that were new to it. And uh, it opened up all kinds of opportunities for me just by being able to do more than ref and help give ideas and agent matches and, you know, write TV and all kinds of stupid shit. That's awesome. Uh, I, I'm going to get back to Rip Rogers in, in, a, in a minute because I've heard some Rip Rogers stories. Yeah, he's but, a uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I know our resident James Lipton, as he said on uh, on, uh, I believe it was Facebook earlier. Rich <laughs> had uh, had uh, a question for you. Yes. Cool. Um, well, as 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 is wrestling tradition to kind of borrow things from pop culture. I'm going to go ahead and borrow some of these James Lipton questions, which were borrowed from the Prowse questionnaire to begin with. Um, my first one here, Chris, or package, if you will. Wrestling yeah. is uh, known. Uh, uh, once you kind of know sort of the, 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 the front and back of the business uh, for having its own vernacular, what is your favorite oh, yeah. and least favorite wrestling word? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite or least favorite word, but I see, I don't care if people use the words, but sometimes it gets annoying because the more you're involved in wrestling, you realize that the people involved don't actually use those words. It's really kind of like the fans use those words when they think they're starting to get to know it. And wrestlers, when they're starting out, will be like, oh, this gimmick and this mark or, you know, brother or whatever. But the more you uh, do it, you realize that people don't actually really use that shit anymore. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I, yeah. Do you find like some of the old timers still use them, though? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And I, and I guess maybe it was just back in their day more common. But nowadays, it almost seems like people are trying to show off how much they know when they use it. And the problem is they often don't even use it in the right way. <laughs> and well, that, that kind of goes to something I know Rich has talked about is that uh, something he kind of would like to see over time as like wrestling kind of grows into like this new generation is some of the carny aspects of it, like kind of fading away a little bit. Um, now we'll say carny words in the ring, like kiss a fizz or whatever, and stuff like that, because right. we're in the ring and it, we know that it's 2015. People can be paying attention to our lips to try to figure out, you know, the, what spots coming next or whatever. But uh, other than that, like when we're backstage or just hanging out with our buddies, we don't use that shit. That's that's almost that's kind of refreshing <laughs> to hear. It's just that it's it, it's not like that anymore. Um, yeah. Okay, Rich, I legitimately did not know that you had actual James Lipton questions. <laughs> Yo, yeah, no, I wasn't kidding. Because <laughs> uh, when Tope saw the list uh, for the Rumble, uh, I just assumed that it was like just like a stack of index cards with with like seven hundred questions on it. Uh, speaking of which, Tope, if you had uh, if you had, I haven't heard from you in a while. Make sure you're still awake up in New York. Oh wait, of course I am. I just I don't want the car horns to be on, so I just turn my mic. <laughs> I I am parked, Toby. I'm parked. I'm not. No, never mind. Car horns. <laughs> That's not gonna stop you in anyway. But Toby, go ahead if you had something. Yeah. Um. So you know the wrestlers always. There's always times where they want to kind of get them, you know, in the ring, take advantage of people or something. But have there's there have there ever been a situation where uh, you were in the ring, and you're like, 
you know what, I might want to do something that these guys don't see coming. Or like, what's a what's a nice in the ring rib you've you've ever pulled? Um, well, I'm always kind of talking and joking around with the Du Bois. I don't try to do anything to fuck it up because, I mean, unless it's just a house show and we don't care, you know what I mean? And even then, we're still doing good, a good match, and it's not something the fans would normally notice. I got two of them for you. One, one kind of example, like what you were talking about, is uh, I wasn't even in the match, but I did orchestrate the rib where for a new referee, he was kind of getting a big head. And we had uh, Nick Eugene Dinsmore and a guy from OVW named Body Guy wrestling at a house show. And uh, I came up with the idea. I said, during the middle of the match, let's rip his pants off. See how he reacts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's pictures of it on the Internet. You might be able to uh, search it on Twitter or something. I don't, I don't even know what you would type in, but somebody will find it after they listen to this. But, yeah, it's Dinsmore, uh, Eugene, just staring at this dude like, what the fuck? And his pants are all ripped, but his belt's still on, and you can see his boxers and stuff. <laughs> but uh another one of the ribs likes when i want to pull something that they don't expect is like if i've got a match that just isn't listening to me like maybe a tag team match or something like that and we're going over time and we're supposed to be going to commercial or the match is already supposed to be over but they're just not listening to me or whatever i pulled this one from earl hebner he said he had to do it to legion of doom once where when they go to hit the rope as the ref, you just kind of step forward a few steps and let them run into you and then act like they did it on purpose and DQ them so you can end their match. And I said to Earl, I said, you, re you really did that before? He said, yeah, man, they never didn't listen to me again. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket. And one day I actually got to use it. That is awesome. <laughs> that, that brought up, that brought up uh, something that I'd heard recently um, that I, I actually was excited to ask you about. Now, I, I, there was a rumor going around, or I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but uh, in, in WWE, referees get bonuses for like catching guys like on counts of five or catching guys like not getting their shoulder up or anything like that. Hey, have you ever been privy to that kind of like like referees following the rules for real and uh. like – following through with it in any of your like in any of your various promotions well i don't know i've certainly never gotten a goddamn bonus for doing it <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just getting yelled at probably right yeah if we're on television or like a little internet pay-per-view or if there's a ton of people there you know uh, i i'm usually of the mindset otherwise that hey vince mcmahon dixie carter they ain't watching this fucking match i can let them go a little bit but uh, if it is televised or I care about it a little bit more, yeah, I'll be a little bit more strict on it. I've never really heard about them getting the bonuses, but I do know that the referees either get chewed out or fined if they don't do it. That's, that's you know I, mean? I think that's more so what I meant is that not so much bonus, but they would get punished if they didn't do what they're supposed to do, even if it messed up the ending of a match. Yeah, absolutely. Just because uh, in the end, I mean, anytime you get heat in a match, you want it to go to the heel, right? You don't want it to necessarily go to the ref. But there's only a couple times when a fan is actually going to pay attention to a ref, and it's usually if they're out of place or if somebody cheats, they're going to look to the ref to see if he's doing something about it. And if he ain't, that's where all the heat's going to go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Um, uh, I'm going to pass over to Wid now, who on air I wanted to make sure I gave a shout out to specifically for being the, the, the main guy that put all this together. This interview it was our main man on uh, the messages on Facebook and everything. Wid, Point man. Good job. Good, I'm going to send you your, your, your uh, what, what, I don't know. 
you're, yeah, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you the pie that we normally send out to all of our uh, <coughs> things. Uh, Sweet. Exactly. Uh, you're way too excited about that. Go ahead. With, uh, but no, uh, we have a joke where uh, we do. I can't. Remember, well, he's named Package for Christ's sakes. Uh, we have a joke where uh, any like video game tournament that we do, uh, we do like simulations on video game stuff. We have fans and brackets for gifts and stuff. We always joke that whoever like the winner is of the tournament. Like one year it was The Rock, one year it was Bully Ray, stuff like that. <laughs> As a gift, we're gonna send them a pie that we've all stuck our dicks in. So now, now it's a joke that if someone gets a gift on the show, uh, or if someone does a good job on the show, I'm just gonna be winning a pie with my dick in it. Which, which was, was, was would be a lot maybe easier I'll get back. The pie in 2015. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, if I mean, Mullet, if the package lives pretty close to you, I mean, he can just probably stop over and put his package in the pie as well, and we'll have six dicks in the pie. Yeah, it's like yeah. getting it's like getting an autograph. <laughs> there I'm you down. go. What were you gonna say, Rich? Well, I was gonna say that used to be a lot easier back in the day when we all used to live in the same town. But now that pie will also be shared between like four different cities. Yeah, <laughs> we we got a mill all like five different cities. We're like forty. We're paying like forty dollars for postage for this one pie. And when you're the last one, that pie is really cold and it's really nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's just well, it's just unpleasurable at that point. Yeah, <laughs> good enough for me. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, package. <laughs> you kind of talked uh, right in the beginning about your ability and you're you get to travel all over just kind of describe for us i know that you went to the uk uh near the end of last year kind of describe to us your average travel and the number of shows that you you would do in a year um well back when i was with obw i would do a shit ton in 2011 i had over 500 matches which is insane right there's only 365 days but there'd often be times where we'd have a house show and they'd only bring one rep and it'd be me and I'd get eight matches that night, then eight matches the next night, then eight matches on a Sunday, and then we'd do TV on a Wednesday. So I was just fucking rolling. Um, but now I live in Orlando, and to be honest, I'm not going to lie, man, the wrestling kind of shit out here. Like Some stuff is all right, some stuff is good, but they don't run as often, and half the wrestlers don't look like wrestlers and stuff. So to be honest, sometimes I don't even pursue it that hard. Like I'll just go work out in the gym instead and talk to WWE or whatever's coming around instead, and that's more of what my focus is these days. But uh, yeah, I got the opportunity to go to England. My wife is from England. She was She used to be a wrestler. Uh, she was Holly Blossom of the Blossom Twins and worked for TNA for a brief period of time and was on their first season of British Boot Camp. We actually met at OVW. Uh, so, I, you know, obviously I wanted to go t- to other countries and travel uh, anyways for refereeing. So this offered a you know perfect opportunity. Got to stay with her parents, didn't have to spend any money. The wrestling over there is fucking awesome. All the dudes look like wrestlers. All the dudes fucking know how to work. The pay is good. They all cover your travel. There's a lot of shows. They got holiday camps where basically it's like the equivalent of a Universal Studios here where a new crowd comes in every couple hours who's on vacation or whatever, and they'll pop for just a little hip toss or whatever, and it's sweet. And this was my sixth time to England. Like sometimes I'll stay for like two weeks, and sometimes I'll stay for like a month or two, and this time I got to stay for six weeks. And it was fucking sick, man. I I was way more impressed with the wrestling and the wrestlers over there than what I've got going on down here in Florida, to be honest. I, I was meant to ask. Um, I, I don't know if you want to, but like me, just I just moved into the area less than a year ago. And of course, Orlando is 
oh, Florida in general for a long time has quietly been a, a, a very important place for wrestling. Of course, when Impact was at Universal Studios, and they're going to be back in a, in a couple months, and now you have the Performance Center, and you have a lot of stuff. But like smaller indies in this area, what are those like? Is that the kind of thing to get like? Is it hard to get into? I mean, kind of what you're saying. It kind of seems that it's not. Um, Shots fired, Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> Step up your game. Excluding I, NXT, but everything else. Well, yeah, of course. That doesn't count. I, I don't know if it's harder for people to get into, but uh, because I've kind of been doing it for so long and I've been to a bunch of places with credentials, I guess it's easier for me at this point, even though I'm very new to the area. I've only lived here like seven months. Mm-hmm. So... Like when I first moved here, I was doing like two or three things a week. And now I'm kind of doing like two or three things a month in the area. And everything else I do is in a different state. Uh, Just because I wasn't, you know, too impressed with everything I was seeing down here. I mean, the guys are cool. Everybody's been real cool to me. It's just, it wasn't my cup of tea. Not necessarily the style of wrestling I like being a part of. You know, I just like, sometimes I'd rather go to an indie show (laughs) If I know it's going to be shitty and if the guys look like shit, but nobody right. has an ego rather than some place to where everybody just fucking flips around and shit like that, but <laughs> thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. I just, right, yeah. I'm at the point where uh, I'd rather just focus on stuff that actually makes me good money and travel and have fun rather than getting as many shows under my belt as possible because I did that for so many years. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Rich, reach into your stack of cards. And, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> did you shave your head for this? Uh, I got only, the, that, only the top, not the sides. Yeah, yeah. I got that haircut that, uh, that kid getting punished got. Did you see that picture? No. Yeah, oh, right? I, did, I saw that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. If, you don't, if you're not familiar, some kid was acting up or whatever, so they brought him to a barbershop, and they gave him like a great-looking male pattern baldness fade. <laughs> and the whole idea was like, if you're going to act like a man, you can look like a man. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. If you haven't seen that, not wrestling related at all. Um, no, at all. I'm but... sure it's been a rib at one point. <laughs> that sounds like something my parents would try. <laughs> it sounds like something all parents should try to be perfectly honest. Yeah. That, yeah. Kid mis- that kid had the face of a lesson learned. <laughs> my parents tried doing that to me but my hair was already gone <laughs> see you learned your lesson though right yeah, yeah that's it well, uh, he beat us to it yeah uh so what profession other than your own would you like to attempt hmm maybe zookeeper <laughs> hell yeah great answer. Well, that, great answer i think that'd be pretty interesting right <laughs> I now met like three people that have, that have at least worked at zoos. Yeah, I'd how like great to, would it be I'd to be like a to, zoo? Sorry, I'd like how great to be would it be in to charge of the zoo and just kind of play with the animals and like pet the giraffe and shit? But I don't want to clean up after them. I am of the belief that any any profession that Kevin James can do in a movie <laughs> would be fun, possibly easy. And also could be a good time, <laughs> except except the whole MMA fighter thing. I'm not I'm not uh, so I've sh- never watched a Kevin James movie by the way. Well, you're better than all of us. <laughs> that's he's been in. That's kind of hard to avoid at a certain point. <laughs> not really. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm so crazy King about King the idea about a guy named a guy named the package petting all the animals. <laughs> well, just stroking the elephants. 
Uh, well, I had I had something packaged, and you already kind of brought it up. Um, I was going to mention that uh, you are uh, one of uh, a part of the not of the trend, but uh, there's of course with Total Divas and what just WWE does nowadays, uh, kind of acknowledging their their marriages and their romances. You're married to, as you said, Holly Blossom, formerly of TNA, former uh, professional wrestler. How difficult was that? Um, do you feel like it possibly? I don't know if you know any personally any other wrestlers that are married to um, to other talents. Was oh, it yeah. harder for uh, Was it harder for you possibly as a referee? Like was it like was it as a di- was it different to you at all than possibly what you see other people going through? No, it was awesome because any other girlfriend I had before obviously didn't work out, and it was usually because of wrestling. Because this is what I want to do. I'm not trying to neglect my girlfriend or anything. But I want to travel on the weekends instead of go out on dates and be in a different town. You can come with me if you want, but half the time they don't want to. So fuck it. I still need to go and get paid, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> she understands, and I, I can watch wrestling with her because I want to watch wrestling all the time. And we can talk about it, and she understands. And she understands, like, the fan interactions and the travel and all the good stuff and all the bullshit we go through. It just makes it a lot easier. Uh, the only time, like... And, and it was very rare. There would be a few times when we first started dating where, uh, like, I would be refereeing her and her sister's tag team matches. And they would be in there doing a whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like, just kind of, you know, I don't really care about the five-second rule. I know how to work it enough to where I can say a few sentences and give them enough time to do their shit and get out. But not everybody does that. Sometimes they just want to do double team after double team. And then it's at the point where they start looking at the ref and be like, come on, ref, aren't you going to get one of them out? And uh, I would come back and get chewed out by, like, Cornette and shit like that. And I was like, you know what, girlfriend or not, you guys need to learn how to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, yeah, I think that's what I was getting at was, like, how many real fights stemmed from, like, wrestling fights? <laughs> and, and, my, and my wife, I, I think, is an amazing wrestler. She doesn't even wrestle anymore. And I guarantee you, she can outwork half the fucking indie guys out there right now. Uh, but like some of the funny stuff was sometimes like she tried to never really get involved or she would just keep her mouth shut and put her makeup on in the girl's locker room. But there's always so much drama with girls sometimes. And it was just funny that she would come home to me and kind of vent about it and stuff. I was like, listen, sweetheart, I don't give a shit <laughs> about the girls' <laughs> locker room. I'm sorry. I hang out with my friends who I want to hang out with, and I don't really care what's going on otherwise. If you don't like it, come downstairs and hang out with the boys. <laughs> so just, she did. Yeah, that, that that just sounds like my former life. That's, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds about right. Well, except, you know, the whole wrestling thing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Tope? Um, one of my favorite gimmicks on this show is that uh, – We're all wrestling fans, and you know, sometimes as a wrestling fan, you're going to have guilty pleasures. And now this is Podswoggles. Of the week. Uh, On this show, it's called the I Love You of the Week package. What is your embarrassing guilty pleasure in all of wrestling? Uh, Mine was WCW 2000, I think... uh, Mullet. I think I've done Scott, so many. Scott Steiner, the well, wrestler. The key, that, that, that's transcended. That's <laughs> transcended anything, really. Uh, the boogeyman might be more appropriate one. Something along those lines. Yeah. 
you know what? I don't feel guilty about any of them, but I guess the closest thing to a guilty pleasure is when I'm bored, I'll watch a ton of botch mania and backyard wrestling and shoot interviews because that stuff's just hilarious to me. And oftentimes I'd rather watch that than real good wrestling. I, I'm the like I if you go through my YouTube page, you will see nothing but like like Scott Steiner. Pre- well, Scott Steiner, of course. Don't don't get me wrong. The man. <laughs> The man's already got the Godfather title for my future son that doesn't even, even close to existing yet. Law and lockdown. As I say that in front of four of my closest friends in the entire world. But, uh, but yeah, like you'll go through and you'll, uh, it'll just be like like shoot interview previews. Not like actual matches, but just shoot interview previews. And I just finished watching the two Botchamanias that he just posted up recently. And Matthew's a friend of the show. He's been on the show before. Um, yeah, I, I totally get that. Now, backyard wrestling. <laughs> Dude, I, love it. I, found, I found one the other day that has better production value and better like pre-tapes and intro to the show than most real wrestling shows and i don't remember what it's called but uh like i don't like they just come up on my recommended thing all the time and i was like oh yeah i'll watch this one again because the masks <laughs> are shitty still but the production's actually pretty sweet like they've got nice. some good cameras some good equipment and know how to edit and make graphics and logos and shit that is awesome. That's that's sort of an amazing thing that that's the day and age that we live in now is like all this stuff. It goes for for indie film as well. There's a whole category at Sundance for just like movies shot with zero budget that right. look great. Oh, yeah. and it's just like there's no excuse. There's no excuse no. for anything to not look good. That's <laughs> it's just I don't know. Sorry, just gushing about the day and age we live in. 2015, butt munches. I can film something on my phone and have it be ultra HD. So that yeah, everybody's exactly. got a phone, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and also just shows like how, uh, like how just times change. Also, I think we've said on the show before, like 15, 20 years ago, all of us would be that 10 year old kid that we complain about on YouTube that's like doing the recap of the show we just watched. Oh, I'd be right. terrible. I mean, I like I would every single action figure match I ever had would be on YouTube right now. Um, but I'm so glad that wasn't around when we were there because once it's on the internet, you can erase it, but it's never really gone. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Sad. Uh, really. <laughs> uh, really quickly, and I'm, for, first of all, I'm gonna apologize. I, like with my schedule, I wasn't even supposed to be on the show, but when I heard that we were going to do it with you today, I was like, okay, I got to make some time. So I got to head out here like in like probably five minutes. But before I go, I want to ask like one more question. Like being in the wrestling industry for like nine years, I'm sure you have tons and tons of stories that you can just entertain us with for hours. But like, what's like your, besides the rib ones probably, but, but like, what's your number one story? Like from all nine years of your wrestling experience, like what's the number one story that you like to tell? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe the funniest story or just something really weird that happened or anything like that. Dude, to be honest, <laughs> you put me on the spot. Most of them that I think are the funniest, I can't tell. <laughs> I'm just going to get everybody in trouble. <laughs> Names can be changed. Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll think about it. I'll, I'll think about it for about a half hour, and towards the end of it, I'll get somebody else to ask it. And when we li- when you listen to it back, even if you gotta leave early, you'll get an answer. Perfect. perfect, perfect. That That's perfect. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Augie, uh, have fun. Are you school or hockey? Uh, from school now to hockey. I'm sitting in the parking lot of hockey. Get about to get dressed. What a life. Your your That's... life. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Hey, nice meeting you, package man. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
sounds so weird to say. Was, I know back. there was supposed to be a. I know there was supposed to be a comma there, but it did not sound like it. No, that was just anything. It still worked. Uh, that was probably the most sincere stop. thing Augie's ever said. You guys <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Bye. That's the most serious Augie's ever been. Bye, Augie. Uh, Witten. I, I just got to say, Package is definitely a better nickname than Special Delivery Rory Fox. It's, <laughs> it's Or Special Delivery Jones. True. Um, Package, it's actually really good that you've kind of done both sides. You've been a wrestler and you've actually been a referee. So you're, you can definitely answer this question. I think a lot of people out there don't really know how physically demanding it could be to be a referee as far as like, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're working out and you're training and also any injuries that you could have. So just kind of describe for, for the fans out there, just how possibly physically demanding it could be to actually be a referee. Well, to be a good referee is pretty physically demanding. And I know that, uh, obviously, if somebody's trying to make it into a TNA or WWE or whatever, uh, you know, the, the first thing they're going to look at is how you look. And I just recently this year started getting really into working out. I used to hate it. And that was part of the reason why I decided to be a referee, because if I wanted to be a wrestler, I should have started this shit back when I was like 14. But I didn't. And it was just never fun for me. Hated it. Just rather sit around, play PS4 or whatever. And then this year, just something clicked, and I said, you know what, uh, you know, I'm about to be 27 in a few years. I'm going to end up being 30. Why not look sick when I'm in 30, you know what I mean? And uh, just kind of be better for my life and better for my wife and shit like that. And then I realized that as I started to get in more shape, I started to get even more opportunities as a ref. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, it really is important, I guess, uh, to look a certain way because I kind of think that, it is appropriate for there to be like an old fat guy ref just because that makes sense to me sometimes. And I think it makes the wrestlers look better, but times have changed. Like just random off topic. Like some of the biggest things that I've noticed that have changed, even since I started is like the crowds are quieter and the wrestlers are smaller and like the refs are trying to get in shape and stuff like that. It's, it's very different now than it was even just nine years ago. So nine years ago, I never thought about it. Um, but it was always still physically demanding just cause I wanted it so much. And I made sure to take all the classes as a wrestler and, you know, just because I thought if I knew how to be a very good wrestler, how much better of a ref can I be? And then I realized it opened up other opportunities for me. I was able to help, uh, like Cornette and Al Snow write TV for uh, two years apiece. And I was able to help agent matches because I know exactly what it takes to be a wrestler and where these guys are going to land and the best sequence of moves to get the point across or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, honestly, at this point, uh, I don't feel like I, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. Like I used to have kind of like sore knees or stuff like that. If I'd be doing it like, uh, four times a week or whatever, but now I, I'm just a machine man. I can go, go, go. I don't got sore knees, sore shoulders, anything. I just take a ton of vitamins. So at this point, it's more mentally demanding, and, and uh, than it is physically demanding for me. Nice. Um, something I wanted to bring up. Uh, it was actually my. It was going to be my next question. Was that um, 
the uh, everything I've ever heard about being a referee is going to wrestling school and 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 learning it yourself, so that way you can prepare to take bumps and stuff like that in the ring. Sure. Is that a, is that a newer philosophy? Because if you watch, like I was watching um, the Macho Man documentary earlier, and uh, and I always sticks out to me in my mind is the hilariously cartoony bump that I don't know if it was Earl or Dave takes in that match, like a pinball into the corner, and like he flops around. Yeah. And a lot of those guys, I'm assuming, like I, I'm not gonna say that Jack Doan probably didn't go through wrestling training, but you know, it, it seems as though that those guys don't, you know, take bumps like maybe you would, or now like uh, like a Drake Wirtz and, and NXT or other guys would. Is that kind of a newer philosophy, or like kind of the gateway to get into it now? And if it is, what was the old way to get into it? You know what? I think the old way, uh, with the instance you're talking about, for example, was probably just a guy like Dave or Earl not wanting to fuck up and have Macho Man mad at him. So he probably didn't practice the bump, but just said, hey, don't worry, I'll be there for you when the time comes, and just took it like a man anyways because he didn't want to fuck up the match. Right. And, uh, these days, I don't, I mean, I guess you kind of hear about referees having to take bumps, and sure, I believe that they should know what it takes to uh, be a wrestler and know where they're going to land so they can position themselves the right way and stuff like that. But I don't think referees should bump the same as wrestlers anyways, because then it's just going to look like bullshit. You know what I mean? It'll take you away from the moment. We should kind of yeah. ragdoll and stuff like that, I think. Uh, you don't want to flat back and throw your arms out and all that stupid shit, because it's just going to look fake. Uh, but I think a lot of wrestling schools these days, and most places just take your money so they can chop the fuck out of you and stuff. And when somebody comes and says, well, I just want to be a ref, They'll just use the excuse, well, you need to learn how to take chops and all this shit anyways, just so they can get more money out of them. So I think that's kind of bullshit. Hmm. That's that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's necessary for a referee to learn how to take a perfect flip bump or anything like that. Who gives a shit? You're never going to do that anyways. Yeah. And if you do, you don't want it to look like a wrestler. Right, you'd probably get yelled at for looking so good. Like, if you take a bump better than somebody in the match, you're going to get yelled at probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Lipton? Of course, throughout the history of wrestling. Fuck that. Tell me about Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style. I like your approach. Uh, dude, Cornette's awesome. I learned so much from Cornette. Uh, when he first came to OVW, I want to say it might have been... Uh, see, I got to OVW January of 2009, and... Uh, we didn't have a set figurehead. We had Danny Davis, uh, obviously. He kind of runs the whole thing, but he wasn't as involved at the time with like writing the show and stuff like that. And Rip Rogers and Nick Dinsmore were the guys to go to to teach talent how to work. Um, Cornette came, I want to say, probably like towards the end of 2010 and then was there until uh, like 2012 and then briefly after they hooked up with TNA and Al Snow came in and started writing stuff. But I learned so much from both of those guys, like to the point where I guess the best way to put it is I can do so much more than just fucking count to three. And Cornette was, he had a balance of being nice to people when he needed to be nice to people to get the most out of them. But also if you had potential and you fucked up, he was so hard on you that it drove you to never fuck up again in the same way. And his writing was just old school. It made sense. 
Uh, he didn't go too out there with stuff. And he was just always thinking of ways, uh, saying like, hey, I've got these top five to ten guys. These are my stars. I'm going to put a lot of focus on them and have it kind of old school. And until these other guys get better at wrestling, they're just going to kind of be enhancement talent for the guys that I know I can make money with right now. And that was a cool approach. Uh, and Al Snow was very different. I feel like Al Snow took the approach of uh, it wasn't so much about wrestling wrestling as much as it was about let's try to be kind of entertainment. Obviously, he made a lot of his money in the Attitude Era. So that's kind of the direction that OVW went when he was there. And he had the mindset of let's make everybody a star. And if the guy is a jobber, let's just have him do one funny thing so that that gets over and that's all the people want to see out of him. And, and I kind of agree with that. Like, I don't care if Stone Cold Steve Austin can do a headlock takeover and have a great wrestling match. When we watch him, we want to see him flick somebody off, drink beer, and do a stunner, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. right. But, uh, like, I learned so much from both sides because I knew Cornette was all about wrestling, 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 wrestling and telling stories within the match, and Al Snow was entertainment, 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 and wrestling. That that seems like the best of both worlds yeah. uh, between um, the two. Was there ever, like, a uh, because uh, one of my favorite things to rewatch on the internet is the uh, Cornette Dairy Queen drive-thru <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, video. Was was there ever, like, a moment where you, like, uh, sort of saw, oh, my, is, it, is this going to be a Dairy Queen? Is, is this going to happen? <laughs> uh, well, several times. But he always yes. kind of ended up. <laughs> see, if I wasn't, if I was in the ring, he would be on the headset, and we've got these earpieces. So usually it's to kind of tell you like how much time until we go to the commercial in case they need to do a certain spot, how much time's left in the match so we can hurry up and get out of there on time or something like that. But sometimes he would like recall finishes or call brand new spots that he thought were a good idea on the fly, and I just have to secretly relay them and make sure the guys get to do them. Uh, but other times, like if I wasn't the referee, I would be in the control room with them when they're switching all the cameras and making sure they're getting the right shots. And that's when I always saw him get fucking hot. If they, if he wanted to make sure something was on film and the wrestlers did it and we didn't get the right shot, he would go off. And at first I was like, is it really that big a deal? And then obviously <laughs> I, then obviously I came to find out, no, yeah, everything's important if you want to make it look good and have people continue to tune in every week. Uh, funny little story. One time, uh, I don't even remember what the reason was, but my wife and her sister were wrestling two other girls in a tag match. And he wanted my wife and her sister to pretty much just whoop their ass. And my wife and her sister were trying to, in their minds, have a good match and kind of put the other girls over with the theory of if I make these look girls look good and then I beat them, I'll look even better, which I agree with sometimes. But for Cornette, he just wanted them to go out there and squash him and whoop their ass. That's just the story he wanted to tell that particular week. And they didn't have that kind of match. So he was screaming and hollering and all that stuff. And then as soon as all the four girls came back out, he was cool and calm. And he said, hey, girls, um, I watched that match. And here's what I wanted out of it. And they said, okay, sorry, we'll do better next time. He goes, actually, we'll do better right now. And he sent the match right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, uh, is he for real? I was like, he's for real. Get your ass out there and make sure you whoop their ass this time. Uh, I just have to ask this one question. Have you ever in person heard Jim Cornette say the phrase Bucky Beaver? <laughs> no, but I've heard him uh, say, that looks like a monkey fucking a football. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that too. 
<laughs> I'll take that. Uh, Jim Cornette's got an awesome house. I had the opportunity to go over his house a few times while I was helping him out with stuff. And that was pretty sweet because he's probably got pictures of it online or something somewhere. But he's upstairs. He's got this giant wrestling memorabilia room full of all his old suits and tennis rackets and autograph stuff and like the championship belts from different promotions. And that was cool as shit. Like, cause I feel like when I'm older, I'm going to want to collect different stuff. Like my friend's old tights or, you know, just something that whatever's important to me and kind of display them like that. And I was like, he's got it right. He's got a, you know, he's older now. He can just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. How much Sprite was in that house? Jesus I can only imagine. <laughs> a ton. Uh, yeah. Uh, Whitten. Um, package, I know you said that you don't really want to name names, but it's okay because the question I have for you is who have been some of your favorite people to work with? Oh, um, I'll tell you, could, be, could be wrestlers, Basically, could be anybody. Like the cool thing is like, I'm very blessed that I've had a lot of good opportunities and I've gotten to work for every major company. I've been overseas. I've, uh, you know, done NXT and WWE and Ring of Honor and TNA stuff. But the people that were always the coolest were the ones that I was genuinely best friends with. Like, I never really marked out, hey, I'm refereeing this WWE guy tonight or whatever. It was always my buddies like Chris Silvio from OVW, Ali Vaez from OVW, Michael Hayes, the one-leg army vet from OVW, obviously my wife and her sister, uh, like... Not only did it mean something to me personally, but I honestly feel like these are the people that are going to be the stars in the future. And I know for sure, even though we're not WWE or TNA or whatever, we th- there were several points in time where we were having the best fucking matches, the most entertaining. We were selling out houses in that little fucking town, Louisville. Not even little. Louisville's a pretty big town, actually. But uh, I was just like, man, we're really on to something here. And those just ended up becoming my most memorable. Like, to be honest, I can't wait till the opportunity where I can go back to Louisville and referee some of my friends there again. Because even though I don't live there, those are the people that I talk to the most. It was kind of like my college years, you know? Yeah, that's, that'd be awesome. That's, that's an awesome answer. Yeah, that's, Rip Rod- that is the... Rip Rogers told us uh, when we, like, a few months after we first started, he said, uh, wrestling at this level it's going to be the most fun you'll ever have, and you don't even know it yet. Because as soon as you start getting opportunities, and as soon as money's involved uh, in the big times, you're going to be miserable. Because people you think are your friends might be your friends to your face, but they might end up stabbing you in the back because they've got families to feed too. And now that I moved away from OVW, I was like, fuck, man, he's totally right. Going to classes and just beating myself up and going to show after show after show in all these towns... Uh, Oftentimes driving around on my own dime and paying money to join the school when I first went there and stuff ended up being the best times of my life so yeah. far. Um, all right, now I'm all right, I'm going to wrestling school. Uh, <laughs> official, church. I'm gonna get out there and do it. What do you say? Church, church, <laughs> um, something, something I had to mention. Just I keep saying Rip, Rod- you keep saying Rip Rogers, and something I just had to, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show before. Um, I know I've one of the early articles on the website we did. I went back and watched uh, Battle Bowl '93. Yeah. And uh, on that show, of course, Battle Bowl being the lethal lottery and the whole random teams put to the battle royal at the end of the show. The very last match is it's the British Bulldog and Booker T are drawn as teams, and then it's Hawk, and like the last name drawn is Rip Rogers. Yeah. Who, 
mind you, has not been on WCW television like at all. If if not like on like just Saturday night working he, like in yeah, happen. he was on the Saturday morning ones, the Saturday right. night ones. Right. But he wasn't he was like never on pay per view before, and the crowd's like, what? He comes out, he's got the bright pink sequin jacket, he's freaking out because Hawk's his partner, and like they're walking to the ramp, and he's like, I'm your partner, and Hawk just decks him, <laughs> just knocks him out on the ramp, and he's and so, out like, for the whole match. He's out. Well, he, he's out. He's out. <laughs> Bulldog walks out, just walks right by him. Booker T walks out. Who was in? They were sharing a locker room, like the heel locker room. Picks him up, knocks him down again. <laughs> He's out the entire match. He crawls, he makes it like to the the apron for the finish, which is Hawk tagging him in, picking him up, throwing him onto Booker T, and getting the pin. And so, you know what? That was probably just a rib to rip that he thought of in the back because he didn't give a fuck if it was pay per view or not. He said, "Well, they're all fake as long as they pay. I don't give a fuck what they do, exactly. win, lose, draw, whatever." <laughs> And in my opinion, because he did something like that, what's the most memorable person of the whole 10 men in the match? Exactly. And the best part of it is that, so, of course, the Battle Royals, the main event, the 16 guys that won the matches come out. Michael Buffer's reading all these names. <laughs> and the last guy that comes out is because they're in orders, Rip Rogers, and he gets the biggest pop. <laughs> the, crowd oh, yeah. just starts, the crowd's like, yes, this guy is awesome. And he's still the first one eliminated in the Battle Royal. But it's just like, I, that always has stuck out to me. As I talked about in the article I wrote, it's just something that's awesome that I wish was done more in wrestling, like the Barry Horowitz thing, you know, stuff like that, that, that is, that is just fun and unique and gives a guy a chance to have a little moment. And Rip Rogers had tons of moments, but in a main company, you know, it's, it can mean the world. So I just, I just had to point that out and, and see what your, uh, your, uh, opinions of it were. Yeah, and, and one thing that gets me, and I don't really get annoyed, I don't care, like, if I can learn something from, I feel like I can learn something from everybody, whether it's what to do or what not to do. So I just try to keep my mouth shut, and if there is something that I've learned from the people I've worked with and I can help somebody out, I'll help them. If they want to use it, great. If they don't, doesn't really affect me anyways, you know what I mean? Right. But uh, I, one of the things that does kind of annoy me sometimes is when people saying, oh, so-and-so can't work because they don't have a... Chris Jericho versus Kurt Angle versus Benoit style match. In my opinion, the stuff like what you just described, what Rip Rogers is doing is working. That's because working. that's what got people into it. I don't like I said, I don't care if Stone Cold can do a headlock takeover. That's not what I'm paying to see. Yeah, uh, there's a difference between being a the word worker is now associated more so with your your acumen as uh, as a wrestler whereas it used to mean you're a good worker and that you can work the crowd yes and and you can get the most out of somebody by doing nothing if you yes. can get those people on their feet and jumping up and down and getting total strangers and grown men and old ladies to jump up and down and scream and try to stab you or fucking slash your tires out of the car it doesn't matter if you had the perfect five-star wrestling match you're likely selling 10 times more tickets than the person having the so-called perfect wrestling match. True. And that's what a great worker is to me. Absolutely. Um, so I just had to share that that Rip Rogers story. The, my only Rip Rogers story, sadly. Yeah. Uh, Rich, or sorry, Mr. Lipton. Or, if, or you just dropped that gimmick entirely. No, 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 no. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear Andre the Giant say when you arrive at the pearly ring? Ah, uh, probably get me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yep, this is how I expected it. 
<laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Tope, did you have something? I, I have one more question. It's You don't have to if you don't want to, but I've been watching a lot of old school uh, brass wrestling lately. Uh, can you do a Dusty Rhodes impression? Me? I don't, yeah, I don't know if you actually have one, but I feel like everyone mm. has like at least an attempt. Except you, Tope. <laughs> oh, I, I'll do it right now. I've never tried it in my life, but I'll do it. I won't pimp well, someone out. Let, let, yeah, let package, let's see if Package has one. <laughs> the best wrestlers are my two sons, Dustin and Cody. Well, see, I don't think there is such a thing as a bad one, Tope, so go ahead. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Dustin Rhodes, black women. See, terrible. That <laughs> You know what? I'm going to raise my hand in victory on that contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tope, uh, that, you just got jobbed out. <laughs> I, that is match. a great – yeah. I do love this idea of, uh, man, I just want to collect Dusty Rhodes impressions. Yeah. All right. That's got to be a new – every guest we have on for now one has to do Dusty Rhodes. And then Tope has to try another Dusty Rhodes and see if and it's just And then we'll have a compilation of it and we'll throw it on YouTube. It'll be like oh. four minutes long. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, well, does anybody else have any other big pressing questions they definitely want to get up before we transition into our game? I'm good. I'm I'm great. Good. All right. Well, we're, we're going to do our game, and then we're going to make sure that we get Augie's story to, to wrap it up. So this is the game. You know what? Uh, and also, while we're doing the game, think of some things to kind of trigger my mind as to kind of what story you're looking for. Because oh. to be honest, out of nine years of doing anything, it's gonna be hard to pinpoint. You know. Gotcha. Well, maybe maybe these things will inspire you. But I did ha- I did have one more quick question, uh, and I don't know how much detail you want to go into it. But I know that um, for some people that are listening, you know, you've worked uh, all over the country and every promotion there is. But a lot of people might recognize you. Oh yeah. From your most recent uh, stint on WWE television as that guy that reacted to the bitch line from Brie Bella. Uh, Dude, that thing blew up, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I, I think a lot of it was that people for a Bri- you you worked everybody, and that I think people thought that you weren't a plan at first. Well, that's great. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> which is which is like I I hope that you got like an extra hundred bucks or something for it. I know I brought it up when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll tell you a little about that. So uh, obviously, I already kind of knew what the segment was going to be, and there were like four or five dudes that they had sit out there. And I guess the main reason was because if they start reaching over and slapping each other, you don't want an actual fan to accidentally get kicked in the face or something like that. Right. Uh. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. They're like, what shirt do you want to wear? I said, give me Daniel Bryan. I'm going to sit right by Brie Bella. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'm going to have some fun with this right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I didn't really practice facials or anything, but I took a bunch of acting classes before. And I knew that what they wanted out of the extras, uh, obviously, other than making sure the fans didn't get hit, it's just to kind of put it over and make it seem as big as possible. Uh, I know they weren't paying me to sit there with my thumb up my ass and not react to it. So I said, well, whenever she says whatever she's going to say, if it makes sense and I don't feel like I'm necessarily taken away from it too much, I'm going to try to put it over the best way I can. And I've always had ridiculous facials just with different shit. And it's always been so fun for me to play around with that kind of stuff. So the next day we went to do SmackDown and my phone's just blowing up all day with people. Uh, 
I guess that had started making GIF images of it and stuff like that. And somebody sent me a link to Reddit and I had never even heard what Reddit was. And within 24 hours, that motherfucker had like 400,000 views and like it's on like the chive and stuff. So yeah, man, I, I don't care if it was an extra spot and it. I'm trying to be a referee. If that's the biggest moment I've got to date, that's a hilarious one to me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, again, like like we were just talking about. That's that was working, and you and whatever people remember from it. If that's what it is, then that's that's perfect. Then you did your job. Yeah, man. Just, thanks. No, of course. That's I just I remember we watching it live, and you know whatever opinions you you, you have about that storyline and what what followed of it. That one moment, like uh, all of us on Facebook, are just like that guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah, fan or had... plant, that guy is the shit. There were a couple of boys in the back that were like, oh, my God, look at that guy mark it out. And then I came back and they're like, oh, wait, that was you, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. They go, oh, okay. well, that, was, that was still you... pretty sweet. I was like, thanks. That's good. To get the boys has got to be good. Um, yeah, that's how you know you did a good job. Exactly. Well, we were talking about social media. We were talking about Twitter. It's been a little while since we've done it. So what we're going to do today is the Twitter game uh, package. The way the Twitter game works is uh, it, start, it was started by Tope, and I've unfortunately uh, ad- adopted it. What we do is I take a look at one person on Twitter uh, related to the world of wrestling, and I come up with the most random connection I can think of to another person on Twitter. Whoever has the most Twitter followers, uh, I, I compare the Twitter followers, you're going to guess who you think has more Twitter followers. Okay. We, I, we won't, do, I won't look at ch- Twitter. I won't cheat. I'm a fair exactly. ref. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so everyone, uh, so we're going to do, there's eight of them. Uh, everyone is involved. Whoever has the most after eight, if we have a tie, I have a tiebreaker. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone else knows how this works. I have not looked at these since I wrote them at work today. Uh, yep, I did not look at these since work. Okay. So here we go. First one. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, uh, it's like an old shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so tna impact wrestling you know they just recently uh they went they they went through some hard times you know they're on a smaller network they're 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 trying to rebuild they're trying to rebrand that sounds like something i saw at the super bowl last year so who has more twitter followers tna impact wrestling or radio shacks official twitter <laughs> oh my well, you know what? TNA is still around, and Radio exactly. Shack is the one bankrupt right now. So I'm hoping it's TNA. I'm going exactly. to go ahead and go with TNA. All I don't right, know, sorry. and I feel like I may be wrong, but I'm I'm fighting for them. All right, so uh, Package has got TNA, Tope. Radio Shack. Widen? I'm going with Package, TNA. And Rich. I'm going to go with the company that is just as relevant as what I'm about to sing, Oh, Radio Shack. <laughs> oh, split two to two with 371,000 Twitter followers. Shit. Impact Wrestling beats Radio Shack's 218,000. See, wrestling fans are very active on Twitter. Who the fuck's going to want to follow Radio Shack? Were they going to offer you 10% off a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, the the thing I always remember in this game package, we've, we've done this a lot. Uh, we once did Punky Brewster compared to CM Punk, and Punky <laughs> Brewster had more Twitter followers than CM Punk. So, oh, also at one point we had more Twitter followers than Kevin Federline. Well, that's understandable. Uh, those sure, are the but days. Remember the days. Uh, speaking of remember the days, we're on the subject of TNA. One of the most entertaining parts of TNA is Rockstar Spud. Uh, who is the only other person that I could think of that has once played a spud? Don Rickles. <laughs> so, so, 
of course, the voice of Mr. Potato Head and uh, classic insult comedian. Uh, so who has more Twitter followers, Don Rickles or Rockstar Spud? And yes, Don Rickles, has a, Don Rickles has a verified Twitter account somehow. Uh, Does Spud have a verified Twitter account? Uh, it's not verified, but it is, it is his official Twitter. Right. I, th- I still think he has more. All right. So, uh, so package went with Spud. Tope. Uh, Don Rickles. Win? Uh This time I'm going with Tope. Don Rickles. And Rich. Until you said that Don Rickles had a verified Twitter account, <laughs> I was going to go with Rockstar Spud, but... I gave you a hint on that one. Yeah, I will go with Don Rickles. I mean, Frank Sinatra would would have wanted it no other way. True. Then uh, for with... Don Rickles to be verified on Twitter, obviously. <laughs> with uh, 147,000 Twitter followers, Don Rickles has more than Rockstar Spud's 50,000. Damn. If it, if it was relevant, I'd do and I love you of the week on Casino, but it's not wrestling relevant. It's not at all. <laughs> no, but can we get those two in the same room, please? It's Rockstar Spud and Don Rickles? Oh, Never yes. has there been more of a different two amount of two different people. I think Adam Rose and Seal was the standard bearer, and now that will be the new one. Or this one. I'm, I'm, I know exactly the setup for this one. I'm so proud of this. Uh, one of my favorites on NXT at the moment is Enzo Amore, as all of us are. Uh, he's a bona fide son and a certified G. We know who a verified G is? Penny G. Oh, God. So who has more Twitter followers, Enzo Amore or Kenny G? All right. That is fucking brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I a verified G? Oh. Verified G. I'm going with Kenny G. All right. So package has got Kenny G. Tope. Going with Enzo. I refuse to pick Kenny G. <laughs> hey, that was a nice setup, by the way. I Thank like you. Thank you. The, uh, the the gimmick here before when Tope used to do it is that Tope would do these and then forget about them for like a month and then like or like the day and just not remember what the connection was and then have to talk his way into figuring out what the connection was. <laughs> that one was very deliberate, however. So I technically cheated. Witten? Uh, three point one four. It's time to eat your pie. I gotta go with Enzo. And Rich. Uh, I'm just glad you did this as well to talk about how uh, on last week's episode of NXT, uh, Enzo doing the Shmoney dance or the Shmoney dance. I don't know how you say it really, but I know the dance uh, that is hilarious and has produced a lot of vines. And then you got Enzo doing it on the stage and it was a lot of fun. I went with Enzo. Ignore the rest of that. (laughs) (laughs) With 42,000 Twitter followers, Enzo Amore has more than Kenny G's 29.3,000. Still. Still, I it was got one out of three. You're, you're, you're. So, uh, Widen's pitching perfect with three. Tope and Rich have two. Packages got one. We still have five to go. Uh, I am. I, that one literally shocked the hell out of me. I was like, I was totally expecting Kenny G to be like, oh yeah, four hundred and fifty thousand. Nope, no one cares. Uh, next, uh, some somehow. I mean, of course, we've avoided this one throughout times, but uh, there's a guy now called John Cena. Uh, he's uh, he's been a wrestler you know? for some time. I, I think I've heard of him before. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of breaking a rule here. Uh, I have two wrestlers. Uh, I have the John Cena of America and the John Cena of Japan. Who has more Twitter followers, John Cena or Hiroshi Tanahashi, the current NW- NJPW or the IWGP heavyweight champion? Oh gosh, what's Japan Twitter like? I'm gonna say <sighs> Yo USA Japan. John Cena. Is your Twitter game strong, Japan? Is it strong style Twitter? <laughs> is, is it? I should have done. Oh, I should have done Nakamura. I fucked it up. Uh, I heard. I heard. Package. You went with Cena. Yeah, I got Cena. Tope. 
I'm going Cena too. Witten? I, I really want to, but I, I can't go against Cena. Thank you for summing up the last 11 years. And Rich. Anthony Phoenix. Fe- Felix. Sorry, I fucked it up. That's his middle <laughs> name, right? Is Felix Anthony or something Felix, like yeah. that? Felix, yeah. It's like John Anthony Felix. You know, something yeah, like that. That I remember that from, we said it as a joke and then it actually happened. Yeah, I, you know, with 6.8 million. Uh, <laughs> but, but I had to know for sure uh, what Japan's like wrestling seems like. Hiroshi Tanahashi has 80.3 thousand. I would almost go to say that John Cena probably has more than WWE. That's a I good, don't know. That's I have not a, something to look up. Yeah, I, I don't think that's far off because I think I just recently saw something on Twitter when WWE at, hit like their five million mark or at, something. Like at that. WWE on Twitter has five point oh two million. Yeah. Wow. Now, does that count all of their accounts, like WWE Community, WWE Moms, WWE no, NXT, just, and all that just, shit? Or? That's just at WWE. Yeah. At gotcha. WWE Universe has like, 2.26. Yeah. So those two gotcha. collectively have more. Right. But uh, I, I will just say, I think that proves that John Cena is bigger than the business. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. It's really cool, though, to go to at WWE, and the top banner right now is Owens and Zayn. That just, that just warms my oh, heart. Nice. That's cool. So, all right. So, everyone got that one. Didn't fool anybody with that one. Wooden pitch and perfect halfway through. Wooden and uh, Tope and Rich have three. Packages got two right behind them. Number five. We don't talk about legends here in the Twitter game a lot. One of uh, our favorite legends. I know one of Rich's favorite. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Hey, I ran into Hacksaw in an airport about a week ago. And then I refereed him about three weeks ago. Hell yeah. I, every, I've never heard a bad word about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't think he's, he exists. He's, he's the man. He's hilarious, he's smart, and he's always willing to help the younger guys out. Absolutely, and he's always carrying his trusty 2 by 4 You know who else is always <laughs> probably carrying trusty 2 by 4s Home Depot. So oh. <laughs> who, has, who has more Twitter followers? Hacksaw Jim Duggan or Home Depot's This, this is I'm why we play the game. <laughs> this is why we play the game. I'm saying Home Depot. All right, so packages go in Home Depot. And I think it's because Hacksaw uh, walks around with a suit blazer and then, like, Adidas striped pants. <laughs> uh, that just that inspired me for the next 40 years of my life. What do you I'm mean inspired that. you? You were going to do gotta that be a couple, anyway. Man. Yeah, but now that I know that Hacksaw Jim Duggan does it, I can just reference that and everyone's be like, oh, okay, I guess that's all right. Uh, Tope. I, I just can't picture him using Twitter. He probably calls it the Twitter. So I'll go with the Home Depot. Win. Oh gosh, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down with what I wrote down. I wrote down Duggan and Rich. Uh, this is such a boring answer because I can actually see like people tweeting home improvement questions to Home Depot, and they're actually being like use <laughs> and need for Home Depot having a Twitter. So I'm going with Home Depot. Plus, uh, my uh, pop pop bought me stock in Home Depot when I was just a little boy. So fact. Fun fact, if you tweet Duggan home, uh, like home improvement questions, he'll stay with the answer. Like, how do I fix my sink? Oh, I got to just clean that up, tough guy. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> get you back, you know, good stuff. Uh, with 267,000 Twitter followers, Home Depot beats yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan's 88.5,000. Right. This, this is usually Sorry, where I fall apart. I was about to say, Witten, here comes the, here comes the, uh, the descent. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, I'm making a comeback, though, over here. You're one behind. Witten, Tope, and Rich have four. Packages got three. Six one. 
also, most certainly, please tweet any home improvement questions you do have to Hacksaw Jim Duggan and <laughs> hey, tell him Hacksaw will send you. Hacksaw is actually very articulate on Twitter, too. He uses all the right hashtags. There's no uh, grammatical errors. He, he does pretty good. He's, I loved on uh, Legend's House. Every time he put his glasses on, I'm like, he's just like a dad. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, also awesome, and somebody I meant to ask you about earlier from your time in OVW, uh, a little man by the name of Cliff... Mr. 1859 Compton. Yeah, uh, man. Cliff's is, hilarious. I was like, is Cliff, Cliff, like, like everyone thinks Cliff is? That's him. That's, yes. legit, that's him, man. <laughs> good, uh, good. And his house is sweet, too, man. He, you would have think this fuck motherfucker's been in movies for years. He's got all kinds of cool posters of, like, the circus from the 1920s that was on the outside of Madison Square Garden and all kinds of cool skateboards and just like the coolest shit like it, you would think that you're on the set of mtv cribs good i'm glad cliff's I, I, doing good for himself uh yo, cliff, man, that's that nigeria money dude exactly uh cliff <laughs> of course uh speaking of money and inspiration uh, this just had to be done at some point who has more twitter followers cliff compton or andrew dice clay the fact uh, that this hasn't been done yet yeah boggles my mind this is a good uh, one too and dice is verified yeah, no, Dice Man, the Dice Man, that's a nickname. I accidentally just said his actual nickname. Yeah, yeah. huh. That's a good shit. All right, all right. I'm, I'm locked. One. <laughs> I'm locked. I'm Package. locked. I, th- I think I'm going to actually go with Andrew Dice Clay on this one. Tope. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Dice Clay, too. Witten. Can you save me for last? Because I have a funny thing about this. But, well, well, no pressure now. Yeah, yeah, over. Way to put the the onus on yourself. Okay. Uh, the most recent thing Andrew Dice Clay has done was a Woody Allen Allen movie that everyone kind of swept under the rug because of the whole thing. Uh, so I went with Cliff Compton. And Widden, who has nothing funny to say, go ahead. So to prepare ourselves tonight, I was listening to one of our former podcasts, the second podcast that we did with John Carl. Mm-hmm. And you, the last we did Twitter game with him. The last Twitter question we did was who has had more followers, Brodus Clay, Clay Aiken, or Andrew Dice Clay? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's been done so long that I didn't even remember. And I, and, I bet it was Clay Aiken. Uh, I think it was actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember I, Andrew Dice Clay was last. So with that, I go Cliff Compton. Hey, that's been a while though. That, hey, that's just that's like two years. That's just hey, that's been. What has he done? A Woody with, Allen movie. Woody Allen movie, <laughs> and with ninety six thousand Twitter followers, oh. Wins research is correct. Cliff Compton is the correct answer, versus Andrew Dice Clay's seventy seven thousand Twitter followers. Well, here, let me ask you this, and I'm not trying to blast Cliff, but I think it should be pointed out. Let's compare how many followers they have to how many that person follows. Because I know Cliff follows a lot. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Cliff, uh, uh, Cliff follows us <laughs> because uh, he's just like, yeah, I'll follow you. So that's, that's, that's a fun one. Actually, we yeah. should probably take that into account. Uh, so, uh, so there should be like a, a, uh, like a, a net Twitter followers. Exactly. Cliff yeah, Compton it doesn't follows... change the final number, but it is important. <laughs> He follows ninety thousand people on Twitter. <laughs> well, there you oh go. Oh my god, that's a lot of work. So it is. Andrew Dice Clay uh, tells you to go fuck yourself. Seventy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, you just changed this game forever. I think. We're looking at that <laughs> stuff. 
God, this photo of... Okay, I can't look at Andrew Dice Clay anymore. This is just going to make me sad. All right, uh, through six, Widden and Rich both have five. Tope is four. Package is three. Seventh of eight. Twitter comparison. Uh, That makes it four for me now. I'm a ref. I'm keeping count. Oh, no, because you said Dice. That's right. Oh, no, Dice was incorrect. Oh, well, then I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) No bonus for you, see? Damn. Uh... Somebody who that I was like never... the guilt ref side trying to get out. <laughs> Nick Patrick in you. Uh, somebody who I wasn't a big fan of in the ring uh, was Corey Graves. But now that he's a commentator, I'm starting to warm up to him. I, I like the cut of his jib. And uh, I also like that, you know, it's, it's funny that he went from the ring to the booth uh, because of an injury that was ill-timed. Uh, all right, so who has more Twitter followers, Corey Graves or Joe Theismann? Oh, oh, no. oh. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with Joe Theismann, just go to YouTube and uh, Google and, and look up Joe Theismann. Uh, you might want to put the word leg in there. Uh, and if you have been living under a rock for the past 25 years. Yeah, that is, uh, that's wrestling related as well. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Oh, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, he uh, by former WrestleMania 11 main eventer. Uh, package. Yeah, I'm going with Joe Theismann on this one. Tope. Yeah, go with uh, Joe Theismann because I forgot the first person already. Corey Graves. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, not intentional. Related one. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I love I love the yin and yang of Widden remembering something from a game two and a half years ago, and you not remembering a name I said thirty seconds ago. Widden. That's why I'm the stat boy. And with that, I go Joe Theismann. And Rich. I'm actually gonna go with Corey Graves on this one. Alrighty, so everyone's got Joe Theismann except Rich with 88,000 Twitter followers. Can you have your Renee uh, Clash t-shirt back? Corey Graves is the correct answer. Joe Theismann, only 36,000 Twitter followers for Joe Theismann. So yeah, Corey Graves seems like a Twitter guy. Yeah, but I also took into account in my mind, I said, well, he was only on NXT as a wrestler for a little while, and now he's doing the pre-sale stuff, so I... I mean, I guess people just been following him for years since before he got to WWE. Yeah, when he was when he was Sterling James Keenan, you know, he's he he had a following. So. Also, also those whenever we would go to NXT shows, or at least whenever oh. I would go, yeah. just like his fans are, you know, like heavy. It's like those those Twitter fan girls, the, oh, the yeah. same girls that would just go crazy over a show. Like the 100 or something. I don't know anything about the 100. It's not a slant against it. But it's yeah, just we like, unfortunately yeah, were seated girls. next to them a couple times, and they were shrieky. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, going into our last one, Rich has taken the lead over Widden. He's got six. Widden's got five. Tope's got four. Package's got three. So uh, this one's still up in the air. Well, that's okay. I can usually only count to three anyways. There you go. So... <laughs> Hopefully, you know, let's make sure you get swine. But this one also is going to be up your wheelhouse. Uh, the last one's always a, a combo. So I have uh, two people for each. I add them up together to see uh, which it's one. It's a tag makes team it. match. It's a tag team, exactly. A tag team match. And it's a referee tag match for half of it. Oh, uh, shit. Brian and Earl Hebner, the the family of referees, your your inspiration or your, yep. your childhood friends. Unofficial bloodline. Exactly. They're blood. Is blood thicker than water? It's the, about... the the Hebner refereeing tree. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, is blood thicker than water? Well, is it thicker than friendship? Who has more Twitter followers? The family of referees, Brian and Earl Hebner, or the best friends of wrestling, Trent and Chuck Taylor? 
Oh man. Oh man. I'm gonna go with the refs. All right, you kind of you, you, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Pot committed. All right, so package goes the refs. Likewise. Only one team is only one team has been on WrestleMania and Bound for Glory. That is true. <laughs> Actually, that's Trent never even made both of those. <laughs> <laughs> like four years. Uh, Widen. Uh, I'm going to go with the best friends. And Rich. I mean, The Rock's going to tweet him back one of these days. Take your shirt off. Tweet The so Rock. Uh, best friends. Fuck. Right. Sorry, well, that, that locks it up for Rich it, because Win was the only one that could catch him. Uh, the correct answer is, I don't have the math here, but I'll just read them from increasing order. It was 17,000 Twitter followers, Chuck Taylor. No. With 49.4 thousand Twitter followers, Brian Hebner. With 57.6 thousand Twitter followers, Earl Hebner. And beating everybody combined with 192,000 Twitter followers, it's Trent. Jeez. Best friends are the correct answer. Widden and Rich get the points. Rich gets the victory, only missing the Radio Shack one. Widden in second, Tope in third, and counting the three is Package. This is some bullshit. I ain't coming back on this show before at least like. <laughs> hey, if it's any consolation, our, a guest has never won a game on the show. So, well, we don't uh, got no experience, man. I think this is unfair. Uh, <laughs> uh, mullet. Yep. John Carl won the Twitter game that I listened to. Oh, did to. he really? Well, yes. See, God damn, man. My memory is going. John from Glasgow needs to send me all these updates quick so I can actually know what's happened with everything. Uh, so that's the end of the Twitter game. Package. Hey, it's... by the way, I still don't got like a set story in mind. <laughs> but if there's something else you want to ask me or you throw out a topic or a person out there, I'll be happy to talk on them whatever I can. Well, I was gonna I was gonna mention well we already talked about Cliff, we talked about Corny, we talked about Rip. I'm trying to remember um well I know you spent recently a little time in NXT uh at full sale. Just what what was that whole uh experience like because i know it's it's very new but it seems i've always been interested in it because it's mostly the students that are taking more of a, a hand in everything going on uh the in terms of full sale yeah a lot of them yeah. are involved in the and of the production of it and the, but you still have this fortune 500 company behind the scenes you know with the development just is it was it crazy was it smooth how did that go it was just awesome. It was nine years of fucking hard work coming to a culmination, and I wasn't nervous. I was definitely excited. You know, you, you get a certain kind of butterflies, and I think you always do, or else you should probably just kind of get out. Like I said, I wasn't nervous, but I just felt over-prepared, and I was like, I'm going to knock it out of the park because I've done stuff with WWE before, and I've been an extra or a Rosebud or a Brie Bella guy or whatever the fuck. But this was the time that I actually get to referee a match, which is what I want to do. And, and since then, I've gotten a chance to do a few things with them. But I'm specifically talking about the first time I got to referee a match. It was a dark match. And then it was like right after the uh, September 11th uh, NXT TakeOver. And then on the 12th, they had a set of like four tapings. So I did the dark match. It was a tag match. It was uh, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson versus... Uh, current NXT champs, uh, um, Murphy and Blake. Yep. And, uh, it was just so cool, man. Like it, it just went by so fast. And, uh, like I have a decent amount of connections up there and that's what you do. You try to use your connections to get the job you want. Right. So I was there the day before on the NXT takeover show. And I knew in my mind, because I know how this shit works, 
There's absolutely zero chance of me doing anything tonight unless they let me run out there and break up a fight or something like that. And even then, because this is such an important event for them, they're probably going to not let some non-contract guy do that. But I was already trying to plant the seeds, and I had just done uh, you know, uh, a set of Raw and SmackDown like a week or two before, and I'd done the Brie Bella guy stuff earlier in the summer. And uh, so I was making the connections, and I just, I, they had seen me referee before, like before a SmackDown, and I know I knocked their socks off. <laughs> and I really feel like one day when there is an opening and they need, you know, a 14th ref or whatever, or, you know, you know, if something ever happens to one of theirs, like, I feel like I'm going to have more of a full-time opportunity there. But I said, you know what, this fucking weekend, I'm going to ref a match for WWE, whatever I got to do, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to be overprepared. It's not just going to be before the fans come in. I'm going to do it when the fans are there and have my first official WWE match. And I just put all my energy into it. And I kind of believe in that stuff anyways. I feel like if you put all your energy and you think about it constantly, you'll find ways to talk to people to say, you know, to kind of almost to kind of like weasel your way into that spot. So I was just bugging people in a polite way constantly just saying, hey, is there any way I can just do a dark? Any way I can do this? Any way? You know what I mean? And then when I got there the next day, my name was already typed up on the sheet, uh, said that I was refereeing the dark. And I was just like, fuck. Yes. I don't care what match it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care how it goes because I know I believe in myself, even if it's a five minute match, which I think it was like six or seven or something like that. Uh, I'm just going to uh, have fun with it because I've had opportunities with wrestling companies before where I felt like I was under pressure just to try to, you know, get a job that night or sign the contract that night. And I wasn't really able to soak it in and, you know, just have fun with it. But I went out there before the uh, set of tapings, and they sung the national anthem and all that stuff while I was in the ring. And it wasn't like a 20,000-seat arena. It was NXT, but I was just looking around and kind of looking over my shoulder slightly and checking out the fans. And I was just like, you know what, man? I know I'm going to do big things in wrestling, whether it's with this company or another company or overseas or whatever. But for right now, if this is the biggest thing I do, I'm going to enjoy it. And I had so much fun. It felt like I was like on drugs or something like that. I just felt so elated. I was like, you know what? I fucking made it. Nobody's ever going to be able to take this away from me. All my training, me fucking playing with toys when I grew up, never growing out of wrestling. It paid off and it pays off tonight. And I get to referee a WWE tag match. And I just appreciated it so much. That is awesome. It was awesome. That is great. Uh, did you did you totally steal or try to steal that call sheet that had your name on it? No, but I do have a lot of stuff like that from before. Like uh, a lot of the like Ring of Honor ones, they would always kind of leave around. So I would keep that, and they've got the whole script. And those formats are pretty cool. And Cornette used to write a lot, and then I uh, personally did some more of the typing up and writing while I was with Al Snow for a little while. So I still have all of those either on a computer or the actual paper copies and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I, I didn't need to. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. And also, I didn't want to be the mark that, you know, somebody yeah. saw taking it off the wall and be like, oh, that guy. Because I already knew. I was like, I did a great job. I didn't fuck up the match. I felt like I added to the match. I'm not trying to fuck it up. I don't need a little piece of paper. I've already got what I wanted out of it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's good. Well, uh, that'll that'll please Augie because he's a big NXT guy. So hearing that that'll that'll work. And if it doesn't, then hey, you know what? I hope you lost your hockey game, Augie. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Augie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that every guest we ever have on the show by the end of it 
has a <laughs> fake beef with Augie. We had John yeah. Carl, a former a friend of the show, a former WWE writer on the show, and like they're never on the show together somehow, so they just have yeah. a fake beef that they hate each other. So yeah. uh, we can start that now. Augie, you're not allowed to be on any shows the packages on anymore. Sweet. Uh, so uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping the show up. I'll get our plugs in first. Thank you for listening to the show as always. You can check us out on podswoggle.com. This podcast, all kinds of great articles. Of course, all the rest of the podcasts on the Podswoggle Network, including Picked Up, a TV podcast with pilots and Italian guys, Married with Movies, a married podcast with me and my wife, and the Blank Slate, a podcast podcast where we talk about everything else. You can also find us on all the social media sites, including at Podswoggle on Twitter. All those other podcasts are on there as well. Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Podswoggle's everywhere. Potswall was also available on iTunes. Leave us a review in five stars. This is a preview for the next show. We do have some iTunes reviews in. Uh, of course, if you leave us an iTunes review, Rich, no matter what it says, reads it on the show. Matter Rich what? will read. No matter what, Rich will read the <laughs> iTunes reviews on the next show, won't you, buddy? Yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you're. It's on the record. Did he so you're stutter? Saying. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it's oh god i can't wait uh if you have any questions comments concerns thoughts whatever you want to leave us you can do that on our email podswoggle at gmail.com uh yeah and that also will be read right on the show we have an update again from our buddy john in glasgow scotland who's going painstakingly through every podcast we've ever done and keeping awesome detailed facts and records about us. Uh, we'll have an update on our next news-based show as well, which you'll hear next week. Scott's hot uh, for wrestling right now. It he, this guy is awesome, and uh, all just pretty much all European wrestling right now is is just seems to be on to be. fire. The kicking ass, man. I, I'll probably try to go back around the summertime. Hey, and just on a side note, if I can, I don't want to interrupt you, but this has been one of the coolest podcasts because so many times, and I love doing podcasts, and I always put myself out there if I see one's there, and I'll say, hey, uh, you want to do something, or I'll have people ask me, but it's always the same old shit. Like, they just want me to go step-by-step step every point of my career or my life or whatever, and I know we covered a little bit at the beginning, and I feel like that's important for people that don't know me, obviously. But I like that we were just able to shoot the shit. And so many of them annoy me sometimes, and I just bite my tongue. But this one, <laughs> and you guys are all awesome. Thank you. We appreciate that. We try to be a little different here, and we try to make sure that you – we know that a lot of people get bogged down with the same stuff. So we want to make sure you just feel like one of the guys and have fun and have a good time. We got our plugs in. Package, please be our guest. Go ahead and plug away whatever you'd like to promote. Uh, man, I'm just – doing stuff all the time i uh hope 15 2015 is my year that i get a full-time contract with somebody but if not i'm at the point in my life where i'm just happy being a husband and making money and traveling the world if i make it to wwe or tna great if i don't i'm still going to keep doing it because this is what i love um i love talking to fans and stuff i'm on facebook under chris package sharp and i'm on twitter under at ref chris sharp so awesome. I, I like to talk to people all the time so hit me up and if uh, if someone's interested in possibly booking you, do you have an email or somewhere? Should they reach you there? Or? Uh, I just Google Ref Chris Sharp. I got a website, but it's got a ridiculous link because I didn't feel like paying for an actual URL. <laughs> or, or otherwise, I mostly just get people that hit me up on Facebook and send me a message. Or if I, you know, if I think they're really serious, I'll just kind of like follow them on Twitter and DM them or something. Very good. Very, very good. Witten, do you have any last thoughts before we wrap up? I, I just want to say that I have the utmost respect for for Package because I 
have delved my foot into the refereeing business. I did a couple of KY Jelly wrestling matches my freshman year <laughs> <Yeah>. of college. <laughs> and I decided that uh, it was a little bit too extreme for me. So, Package, thank you for coming on the show. I respect hey, you, I, good sir. Thank you. And I know you, your experience. I've done that, too. I've also refereed <laughs> alligator wrestling matches. And if anyone out there knows of a state or country where it is still legal to have a person wrestle a bear, I have a checklist, and that's on it. <laughs> Just, just get a hold of Tracy Smothers. He'll find another bear to wrestle. <laughs> we, hey, real quick, Cliff Compton was looking to do that uh, through high spots one time, and it actually got kind of far where I was going to be the rep, and me and Cliff were going to ride to North Carolina together. Oh, God. But uh, oh, the farther it got with trying to rent the bear and stuff, uh, <laughs> found out that it's actually illegal. Like, states have laws against fake wrestling a bear these days. Hey, Augie. Hey, Augie. There's your fucking story. <laughs> and there's there a go. band name there, too. Rent the Bear. That's a great band name. <laughs> That's an awesome metal band. Uh, tell Fanny last thoughts. I can't follow that shit. <laughs> Yeah, any last thoughts? Uh, one. Week of the week. Uh, Witten, it seems like you weren't ready for that jelly. Two. Week of the week. Week of the week. Had to get one in. Uh, and two, uh, package. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. If there's one thing that I love, it's minutiae of the wrestling business. And... You definitely provided a lot of sort of kind of inside thinking of just and just like little little things here and there that just add that are the minutia that add to the business that that enhance the things that you don't really see or think about otherwise uh, that I, I just fucking am a sucker for that kind of stuff. And hey, man, that's what a referee's job is. Hell yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, that's it for me. Again, those are my dick pics. <laughs> uh, one day rich they will be package any you know something i don't yeah i just i just came back from the future though the, the you, you'll look like that but it's gonna it's gonna be the end of you <laughs> package any last thoughts before we sign off no nah, man i just want to thank you guys for having me and uh whoever listened to this whole thing appreciate you listening to me just bullshit for a while absolutely and we'll, we'll of course have you back on anytime you're free Anytime you're up and ready to go for Package, for Rich, for Tope, for Augie Earlier, for Widden, this is your host, Mullet. Signing off for Podswoggle Wrestling Podcast with Entertainment. We are swogging off. I'm glad that the bear thing came up because... Uh, yeah, that I was, was a good story to end on. I was just watching the... Uh, he did a... Cliff did a, a High Spots interview with, uh, with Tracy Smothers and Freight Train. And basically the whole thing is just them talking about wrestling the bear. But also yeah. Tracy Smothers is uh, about to work like fourth on a card in like the next room. So he has like 80 minutes. So he just gets ready in front of Cliff Compton and Freight Train. And he's like, he just gets naked in front of poor Freight Train. And I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Tracy no, it is, does man. not care. No, he don't give a fuck. He doesn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. He does not need to. That's the important yeah, part. Man. He's got, These old he's got, guys pay their dues, man. He's he, Him and Matt Bourne have my two favorite quotes in wrestling. Matt Bourne is, as a heel, you don't rake the eyes because you want uh, because you have to. You rake the eyes because you want to. But you have to. Yeah, yeah, and then the other one is Tracy Smothers. I work to support my wrestling habit. <laughs>
This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.